Welcome to the Brave Insider Podcast. Introducing your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner from Ireland, Phil Irish Thunder And his opponent, fighting out of the red corner from South Africa, Jason J. Money Van What's up, guys? Welcome to the second Brave Insider podcast for 2020. And as always, I am joined by the Irish Thunder, Phil Campbell. What's happening, buddy? You're good. Yeah, good. Thanks, and you. How's my favourite redhead? I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Uh, just loving life back home. Uh, back home in Ireland, coming off the back of what was uh, an awesome debut of 2020 for ourselves. So, yeah, just kind of recalibrating, recouping, and uh, getting ready to go again for 2020. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll discuss that uh, a bit more in depth when we do our uh, our preview for 2020, because the preview will include one review of, uh, mm-hmm. of our first event of the year. But I think. The one that has gained a lot of traction and has caused a lot of stir on social media are the Brave <laughs> Insider Podcast Awards. So yeah, I think they, they let's, seem... uh, let's dive into that as a starting point. Um, and we can kind of give our reasons for why we've given each one. If we have any honorable mentions, we'll, we'll put them out there as well. And again, as always, if you agree, disagree, want to give us a, a different winner in your opinion and why please get on social media mine falls inside a podcast or brave and get out there and give us uh, your well, thoughts especially, especially if you disagree probably just go with jason's <laughs> social media well apparently everyone's only been going with yours when they agree with something and want to give some love no one gives me any love at this point but i'll take it <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it so uh, let's start with Team of the Year, which is the one that got quite a bit of uh, a bit of traction, and uh, the nominees were KHK, Crossface, Team Lakai, and CM System. Um, mm. And I think this one and Coach of the Year will kind of lean into each other because yeah, uh, they're kind of informed by one another, aren't they? Yeah. So Alda yeah. Alderov, uh, Riza, Mock, and Cristiano Marcelo were the nominees for Coach of the Year. So I think we'll do them pretty close to each other. But let's start with the Team of the Year and get uh, your thoughts, Mr. Paul Campbell. So, so team, of, team of the Year, we had uh, KHK, MMA, CM System, Team Lakai, and Team Crossface. Uh, again, none of these were easy decisions to make. There was a lot of discussion going on, not just between um, myself and Jason, but we also included a lot of people within the Brave family to get their opinions there. Their, their backs and forwards, their reasons forwards uh, and against. And it was relatively unanimous that CM System were the team of the year for a number of reasons. You know, they've, I think it's six fighters currently competing in Brave. They won two world titles, um, just a host of standout performances from, from genuinely world-class martial artists. So, so for that reason, CM System, team of the year. And two two title wins, which is also why... Yeah, yeah, two title wins as well, yeah. You know, if you win two titles in the same year as a team, then you're pretty much a shoe-in for, for, for team of the year. And, and I think coach of the year kind of leans itself to the same thing. So Cristiano Marcelo is uh, kind of yeah, everyone's Christi- pick for, for coach of the year for pretty much the same reasons. And again, you know, this, this, was, this was razor, razor close as well. Um, Cristiano Marcelo um, is just a legend of mixed martial arts. You know, 
we talked about it at nauseum in, in the previous podcast. You don't need to list this man's credentials. Um, if you don't know who he is, if you don't know his credentials, you probably shouldn't be watching MMA. You know, <laughs> he's a, in the modern era of mixed martial arts. Uh, he's you know the man. The man's a legend. Um, and thoroughly deserves the award for Coach of the Year. Still an active fighter as well. Um, so there's, oh, love there's nothing. To see him back in the cage at some point. Yeah, there's there's nothing to say that maybe 2020 we we might see him get that bug and and want to get in there and do it. Very dangerous man, great coach, and also a genuinely nice human being. Yeah, and, and I think the honourable mentions would be obviously Team Lakai had a very good year, but uh, you know with obviously Loman being the champion and defending and and. If, Few fighters having some pretty standout, you know, standout performances, and KHK and Aldo being the number one ranked amateur team, obviously another honourable mention. But as you say, in terms of uh, the winners on this one, being Cristiano Marcelo and CM Systems was was pretty much a unanimous one on on the guys we spoke to, and 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 also between ourselves in terms of who the yeah 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 be. yeah I think I think that I think that's fair I think that's fair and it's going to be really interesting from from knowing a little bit of what I know about uh, what's happening in twenty twenty. Potentially another huge year for CM Systems, so it'll be interesting to see if they can parlay that momentum into the new year as well. 100%. Let's move on to the next one, which is uh, one that had a lot of discussion between a few of the, a few of the guys that were, were looking at this, and that is Breakout Fighter of the Year. Um, oh, this, this, had, this had every, but this was a seesaw. So you know, this was Ilya Tapuria, Luana Pinero, John Bruin, and Sam Patterson as the nominees. Mm. Mm-hmm. What it really came down to was Sam Patterson and John Bruin for me, um, and I was flip flopping back and forth. You know, both had two outstanding performances. Sam Patterson with that hard fought draw against Ahmed Amir, and then that clinical um, performance against Kian Cowley, and then John Bruin again, two fantastic performances. The the decision win against Kian Cowley, and then the beautiful. Uh, Beautiful armbar against Maciej Gerzewski in Romania. Um, razor thin, as I say, absolutely razor thin. You know, who whoever didn't, whoever doesn't get named as the winner, um, you know, definitely, definitely honourable mention. But for me, just shading it was uh, was John Bruin. You know, it was the, the the two wins versus the 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 draw uh, and the win, and it was the manner of that armbar. It was um, yeah, I think for me, just so like, precise. Exactly Mike. that is what you're saying. What shades it for me is who he beat and how he beat him in the second one. And that, that's Magic. Yeah, Magic's, Magic's one of the most dangerous guys uh, in European MMA. You know, he has a missile for uh, a right hand. And the, the game plan employed by John, you know, beat Magic into standing with him to plant the feet, score the takedown, and cinching up a... a, a to picture perfect armbar. I think uh, 2020 really has the potential to be the 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 year the year of trouble, Brian. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to have a good year. A lot, a lot to come for him. And and uh, there's something a little bit interesting that we'll discuss later that involves uh, both John and Sam, but we won't get into that right now. I wonder what <laughs> that could be. Then uh, mm. the next one, submission of the year, we had uh, Issa Isakov, we had Clayton Silva, John Bruin, and Amir Albazi. All of them, you know, again, great submissions, but uh, I think, again, this one was pretty unanimous on, on who the, the winner was. Yeah, it has to be Clayton Predator Silva. 
with the rear naked choke on uh, Luan Miao Santiago to win the Brave Combat Federation undisputed lightweight championship of the world. And there was a number of factors that played into this. One, it was a championship fight. Two, it was against an incredibly dangerous opponent, a fight in which Silva was the underdog. And three, it was in not just his home country, but his hometown. It was in Belo Horizonte. Um, and to go in there and do it in such devastating fashion, to capitalise on um, the mistake from Miao with the takedown, to sync it up. And all this happened, I think it was less than 20 seconds. He went in there, took advantage of the mistake, got the rear naked choke, uh, and became a world champion in his own backyard. That, for me, is huge. You know, the amount of pressure that was on him leading into that fight, friends, family, uh, teammates were all there watching him and you know big big occasions call for big performances and that's exactly what we saw from Silva. Yeah, and I think as you say that you know the amount of pressure on him being in his hometown also knowing that he was the underdog. I mean, I think you know you could list it on one hand the number of people that actually thought he was going to win that fight. Mm. Um and and that's the big reason for me as well is the way that he came out in that fight, the confidence he showed like you know also to be that switched on that early, you know, he capitalized on a mistake that he saw happen. So obviously all of the adrenaline, the pressure, the family, all of those things didn't really, you know, phase him too much, which is that that's what makes title holders and that's what makes champions. So, yeah, for, for me, I think that was unanimous as well. Yeah. Um, honorable mention, again, has to go to John Bruin, who we talked about for, for that picture-perfect armbar. Um, and Amir Albazi for that Kimura uh, on Ryan Curtis uh, at Brave 29, just purely because of the, the methodical clinical nature of it, where he went from point A to point B to point C to submission, very clean submission. So, you know, there was there's there's nobody uh, in, in any of the list of these nominees that you can discount immediately. You know, serious discussion went into who we thought were the winners. Yeah, and they were all nominated for a reason. They were nominated because yeah. they deserved to be there. So it... it, it uh... It definitely caused some discussion, as I, as I think the next one will, which is uh, the KO of the year. Right. I just want to preface this. <laughs> right. Listen, they were they were all great. They were all great KOs. Right. But I want to preface this by saying my my winner, me Phil Campbell, was Mazey Kaziski knocking out Key and Kylie. But here, if you want to if you want to talk, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's run through them. So it's uh, Rolando D. Memushraza, Luan Santiago Salwadi, Hamza Chimaev and Ikram, and then Majik and Kian Kaoli, which is obviously where uh, where your vote sits. We know this much, and uh, <laughs> we won't hold that against you, but I think uh, the honorable mentions definitely is uh, Majik and Hamza. I mean, Majik's knockout was just insane. Yeah, uh, the timing on it, where it happened, how it happened, the opponent it happened against. So I think all of that goes into that one. Uh, Hamza Bikram for me was just, you know, again the opponent. That was a who it gorgeous uppercut, yeah. Gorgeous corkscrew uppercut, yeah. Just, oh, it was just crazy. But I think for you know for me and most of the guys that we spoke to, Luan Salwadi was because of. Uh, because of where it happened, because of how it happened, and also landing a spinning elbow in a title fight is just... It's the timing on that and the pressure in a title fight to even throw that and attempt it is, is saying something. The fact that yeah, he I'm, landed it like he did, for me, yeah, is I made, hands down the winner. 
I may be letting my heart rule my head a little bit there because, you know, Mazek's obviously my boy. Mazek's my teammate. Um, and it was, you know, huge for his career. But if I was looking at it objectively, I can't be angry that, uh, that Santiago got knockout of the year. As you say, to be the challenger coming in to, to throw a spinning back fist, or sorry, a spinning back elbow to, to win the belt, to have that, that level of confidence, especially at such a young age. Like, we forget how young uh, Santiago is. I think he's only like 24, 25 maybe. Yeah, so yeah. even to, he's not even in his peak and it's years not, it's yet. It's not because so. he's on a vegan diet and just looks old. <laughs> I wonder who, who, who was that a little reference to? No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get trouble for this later, but uh. <laughs> but, but but yeah. So so to have to have the presence of mind to to do that, and it wasn't just an opportunistic. Like he had been setting it up with his footwork. Yeah. He was forcing. He was forcing um, uh, Abdul Karim Al Sawadi to move into the area that he wanted him in with intelligent footwork. So. Yeah, I think uh, very, very much warranted. So congratulations to uh, Luan Miguel Santiago. And then one that uh, another one which is a big award for us, and obviously another one that that had uh, quite a bit of discussion around it was Fight of the Year. And we'll go through the nominees for this one was Ahmed Amir and Sam Patterson, Jeremy Packer two Felipe Efrain, Abdul and Jarrah one, and Longwa Smith were the four nominees. And I, I think everyone, it came down to a toss-up between Abdul Jarawan and Flongwa Smith. Mm-hmm. So the loser of this definitely gets the honourable mention. Yeah, the honour, honourable mention is Abdul Abdul Ragimov and Jarrah Salawi uh, won. Uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic fight. Gen- genuinely great back and forth. Um, the, the expert grappling of Abdul Abdul Ragimov versus the the pinpoint striking of, of Jarrah. It had the drama of the point deduction. It had the controversy of the decision. Um, it lent itself to the second fight, which then lends itself to a trilogy fight. So storyline-wise and narrative-wise, the, there was a lot going on there to, to, to build upon. But number one with a bullet, if you're talking sheer entertainment, if you're talking about sitting down in your seat Fighters get introduced and then spending the rest of the fight on your feet watching two guys just duke it out. Two tough motherfuckers. I mean, this this fight was, even in commentary, I spent most of this fight on, on my feet. Absolutely great fight. Swandile Longwa, Jeremy Pitbull-Smith. What more can you say about Pitbull-Smith? Any fight this guy's going into, it's a with his shield or on his shield kind of mentality. Love yeah, he's he's, he's either getting knocked out or he's putting on fight of the night. It's one of the two. Yeah, man. Like, he's he, just... he had fight of the night, and he, you know when he fought in Brazil, he had a couple of knockouts, and now fight of the night again. It, it, and that's what he is. He is a fan's fighter. He's either getting knocked out for coming in hard, or he's putting on fight of the night for slugging it out for fifteen minutes. Yeah, I will. I will watch this. I will watch this guy fight, and I'll watch this guy fight in an alleyway. You and know, you as long as I've would. got. <laughs> yeah, as long as as long as I've got as long as I've got like a beer and a bag of Doritos, I will watch this man fight anywhere. So entertaining, just play it online. And like I said, when I spoke to him in the in the cage afterwards, just to chill out as you like, just smile on his face. Yeah, I just like to fight, man. And that's exactly you got- it. Like, and and, and you know the, the backstory around this is, you know, Klong was the new kid in in, in kind of the, the the South African and African MMA circuit. Jeremy's the old dog. Both. Yeah you know, start their MMA careers in Durban. You know, Jeremy's been around for as long as kind of MMA has been around in South Africa. So he goes back to Durban and back to South Africa. And Zwandelia wants to prove he's the, 
you know, the, the, the heir apparent to, to kind of Jeremy's mm-hmm. throne in, in, that, uh, in that region. Both of them got dropped in the fight. Both of them stood and just absolutely smoked each other for 15 minutes. I think Jeremy broke mm-hmm. his nose in the first round of the fight. It was just an absolute smash fest. Yeah, any any fight that involves Jeremy Pitbull Smith is a fight I I want to watch. I want to call. I just want to be involved in it in some capacity. So yeah, that that you know, fight fight of the fight of the year for sure. That that's fight of the year with a bullet for me. And then we move on to the Brave BMF nominees: Stephen Gonzalez, Daniel Gaucho, Jeremy the Pitbull Smith, and Mo Fakradi. Yeah. All, all these guys deserve to be there without a shadow of a doubt. You know, they illustrated through through the year, through the course of their brave career, just how how dangerous they are. And it's it's not necessarily about the guy that's, you know, got the most wins. It's not necessarily about the guy who's got the belt. It's about the guy that is just the personification of being a bad motherfucker in the cage. And for me, that's Mo Fahredin. You know, if, if you look at what this, what this guy did this year, he... <laughs> He broke a dude's leg. He broke a dude's leg with leg kicks. And a, like, that's, that's unheard of. And I, and and I then have to be honest, when I watched, because I watched that fight, I wasn't at the fight, I was here, so I, made, I, you know, I, was, I had the privilege of listening to you on, uh, on commentary and watching the fight from, uh, from Bahrain. Mm. And when I saw the fight stopped for a leg kick, I was like, like who, who quits from leg kicks? Like, really? And then I... Yeah, and that message going. Yeah, I'm at the hospital. and He's got a broken leg. I'm like, uh, whoops. Yeah, and, and and that's not just us, you know, hyping the fight hyperbole, like or anything like that. Like we've seen the X-ray of Christopher Silva's leg. Like he broke his freaking leg. <laughs> and and the reason why none of us believed it is because that doesn't happen. Like yeah, you don't break just, someone's leg from leg kicks. That's, it's that's just really, insane. Like, like I've I've watched MMA for I for countless years. Um, I've called fights for a number of years, and I can't remember anybody having their I, like. Obviously, there's like when guys go to check kicks and stuff, you know, accidents happen. But this was, you know, intent. This was like crushing your shin into another man's leg with the intent of doing damage, and it broke his freaking leg. And that that in and of itself would be enough to win the BMF award. But then what he did in the KHK tournament. Like the guy is literally he's like, I, I find it difficult to articulate just how tough Mo Fakhreddin is and just how much respect I have for him as a martial artist. He won his first fight in a back and forth war and went into the second fight banged up. You know this so banged up. Um, his his hand was jacked up. His uh, elbow was jacked up. Knee. His leg was jacked up. His knee, uh, and even just. It was it was like something out like the closing segment. It was like something out of a, a Hollywood movie. It was like the last scene in the movie Warrior. You know, and like everything kind of went in slow motion. The sad music started to play. Fafredin's up against the leaning against the cage wall because he can't support his own weight because he's so jacked up, but yet he's still calling his opponent on. Yeah, and, and the leg the leg that he couldn't put weight on had a broken foot and a jacked knee, which has had an MCL piece. What, a, MCL, ACL? MCL, ACL, yeah. 
PCL. Like, like, so the reason he called him to the cage was like, I literally cannot walk to you, so come fight me over here. Like, if that doesn't win you a BMF award, nothing's going to. The, 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 the heart, the determination, the endeavor of that man, he's, he's a modern-day warrior. I, I think he was born in the wrong era. You know, this is the kind of guy that like should be floating into your town on a long ship. He's uh, just a savage, an absolute savage. So the BMF award, Mo Fakhardin. Honorable mention, Jeremy sir. Smith. And I'm going to say this like I've been saying it since 2017. I want to see these two guys fight each other. I'm going to say it again, and I will keep saying it until either it happens or they both just stop fighting. <laughs> yeah, and interestingly though, like they've they've both not called each other out. It's the maybe the politest interaction I've seen between two absolute fucking savages in my life on Instagram. I, I think both I think saying, the reason is both of them recognized the BMF in each other and just went like, "I'm not going to call you out, talk crap shit about you. I'm just going that I would it would be an honor for me to fight another guy who I think is as bad as I am, and I want to see that fight myself. I think that's kind of where yeah. it went with them." Real recognizes real. You know, both these guys are dangerous. Both these guys are, are legit, uh, legit as they come. There's no, there's no pretense. There's no, you know, these guys aren't Facebook fighters. These guys aren't Instagram fighters doing it for likes, doing it for a profile picture. These are hard-nosed veterans that you know are going to go in there and put everything on the line and perform every single time. So personally, I would love uh, in 2020 to see these guys go at it. Yeah, and also, you know, the the, the fact the fact that they're calling each other out doesn't necessarily mean it'll only happen in a cage. I think if we had to ask them to fight each other for a beer outside, they might just do that too. So you never know. <laughs> so re- regardless, I think I'm going to see that fight in 2020. <laughs> whether it, whether whether it's in front of the world or whether it's behind closed doors for our, uh, in the training room for our entertainment. Oh, it could be like the end of Rocky Three <laughs> in the gym. Yes, but uh, but yeah, genuinely, uh, I think the world needs to see these two guys fight. And then, obviously, the big one, the one that uh, you know everyone obviously looks at, is fighter of the year. So Azamat was one the one of the nominees for winning the KHK World Title. Hamza Chimaev, Stefan Lohman, and Daniel Gaucho being the four nominees on this one. Again, a lot of back and forth about this. About you know what the I think everyone had a different criteria. For their definition of fighter of the year, but for me, it was who's doing it consistently at the top level, uh, and for me, that's Stephen Lohman. Two successful title defenses with that target on his back as the man. Um, for me, just the consistency of his performances, the the finish over Elias Bigdegstam, the the dominant victory over Louis Sanadakis, the the way in which he carries himself as a champion, um, that all cumulatively makes him fighter of the year for me and 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 defending the belt to us you know again like yeah, you said it's, yeah, it's sure. championship fights it's not just fights it's fights where entire divisions are coming for you everyone is you know every they always say that the guy who's coming for the title is hungry and the guy who's keeping it might lose that and he proved that mm-hmm. he didn't that's what yeah makes it's it like like i say it's it's consistency it's as you you say it's difficult to get to that world championship level but then to sustain it um, so so fluidly and and so convincingly, Stephen Lohman for me, fighter of the year. So that pretty much covers our uh, Brave Insider Podcast Awards. I think it was a, a pretty cool idea to put it out there. Again, you know, give us your opinions on it. If you agree, disagree, 
this time I'm going to say if you disagree, let's go after Phil Campbell. Everyone went after him for the for the for the for the good stuff when we did the nomination. <laughs> so maybe go after him a little bit for the bad stuff too. <laughs> Jason, just 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 out of curiosity and not related to that conversation, what's your Instagram handle again? <laughs> at, at JD from Skullquick. I'll take it. <laughs> good man, good man. So uh, next, um, what what can I just wanted to 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 check in with you? What the We've done a wee bit of review there of 2019, but what for you um, is 2020 shaping up to be like? What are going to be some of the highlights that, that are jumping off for you in 2020? So I can tell you that we, we, we haven't announced the entire calendar yet. Um, mm-hmm. 95% of the calendar is pretty much done and obviously stay you know stay on, on the Brave pages and, and also the Brave Insider podcast will be talking about them as they get released. But um. I'm happy to kind of, you know, put put a bit of stuff out there that we can all mull over. So Europe is definitely a focus uh, for 2020. Yeah. Uh, we'll be doing mm-hmm. probably four European events this year. Oh, I like that. So uh, one of them obviously just has just happened, being Slovenia. Um, mm-hmm. Incredible event, lots of fun, co-promotion. You know, again, in a region where probably most people wouldn't go. Um, the fights were really but- good. There were some really standout fights. So, I had no idea just how huge MMA was in Slovenia. Very much. Like, that was like a, a five a five thousand five thousand seater sellout. Unbelievable fights. Um, the crowd was electric. The performances and the quality of martial arts was fantastic. So, um, a huge thank you to to our friends at uh, at W WFC and also uh, and what, a, what a great group to work with. Like Slatko was really good to work with. Really easy to get stuff done. It was just it was a really good event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievable event with uh, with great fights, great performances, and and maybe unearthed a couple of guys that uh, that the world may not have known about, but we'll definitely hear more from uh, moving forward in twenty twenty. And I'm going to name one: Makayev Mak- is is uh, Mohammed Makayev. That yeah, that, that guy. That guy is a serious insane. talent, and he's he's only he's only like twenty years old, man. He's only like yes. 20, 20 years old, eight and oh now um, as a pro uh, with five finishes. Uh, fighting out of uh, Vienna, incredibly strong, um, serious potential for him. And that fight was at lightweight that he took on 10 days' notice. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've, I've spoken to the guy who actually gave him his, his run uh, when he turned pro, and he was telling me, like, I was waiting for him to turn 18 to turn him pro and get him fights. Mm. And again, he's run through everyone, and this one is not in his natural weight division. He took it on 10 days' notice, and I've been told. Under no uncertain terms, that that is nowhere near the best we will see from him, and he was not in a hundred percent fight shape. So, knowing all of that, that is a scary proposition at uh, featherweight. Yeah, tra- training training under you know the the Austrian MMA legend that is Roberto Pastuch. Yeah, the, the 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 sky's the limit for this kid. Get twenty years old, hasn't even scratched the surface of his potential. That fight was at lightweight. Usually competes at featherweight and has designs to go down to bantamweight. So yeah, and then obviously the other fight that had uh, m- multiple implications to it was uh, Velimirat and Zach Makovsky, which was also a very good fight in terms of cl- close one. Yeah, that was an incredibly technical fight. You had the it was world class grappling in the sambo realm. The Velimirat, obviously a world combat sambo champion, taking on the uh, NCAA Division One wrestler and uh, and Zach Makovsky. So it was a real, real technical battle. Um, and I think it came down to the fact that Zach was pressing the action um, a little bit more uh, deservedly won 
And what a fantastic addition to the flyweight division and Brave Combat Federation, which is quickly becoming the quickly becoming the the, the go to spot for uh, for flyweight action. Yeah, and, and again in a division where the title is vacant, still vacant. Yeah, yes, so, there's, there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys vying for that number one, number one guys position. Their uh, their name in the hat there. So that's mm-hmm. uh, European. Obviously, we're going back to South America. So the Brazil event has been announced, and that's uh, the one that's coming up next on the twenty eighth of March. So give us a give us a, give us a little bit of insight there. What can uh, what can we expect from the Brazil event? So there's there's a, a lot of good fights all the way up and down the card. Where the, the announcements should be coming out thick and fast in the next couple of days. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. You're gonna drop I'm, exclusive. I'm, I'm gonna, give, gonna you drop exclusive. I'm gonna give you two that that uh, that will get uh, Phil's opinion on. And one is all in right, the uh, in the lightweight division, the former champion. Uh-huh. Uh, Go ahead. And he will be facing someone who is obviously on. On a on path to want to become the next champion, who is Amenayub versus Luan Santiago. Oh, that's a that's. I, <laughs> give, 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 give me a second or two just to just to collect myself there. I, I nearly said. I'm going to make the bold statement that, in my opinion, this is a number one contender fight. I think that's fair, but I, I very nearly came off with a couple of choice words there that my mother would not have been proud of. That's a scary fight. That yeah, of course that's a number one contender fight. You have the former champion uh, in Miao Santiago taking on the the former two time champion of of, uh, of 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 a regional promotion. So these are these are two two of the real young shining lights in the lightweight division. And um, you're you're looking at the future. You're looking at the the, the future of, of the of lightweight mixed martial arts in that fight. The 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 cool calm composure. And clinical finishing uh, of Luan Miao Santiago taking on you know Amin Ayub, who is just one of the, one of the the most stylish fighters in the lightweight division. So yeah, that's going to be an unreal fight. And then obviously, if you're putting the number one contender fight on, you should probably put the champion on the same uh, on the same. Oh, uh, we got a title fight. So we do have a title fight, and that is Clayton versus Gura. Oh, Clayton Silva versus Goran Kutataladze. Goran Kutataladze, not just fun to say, fun to watch. Uh, as last fight with uh, Felipe Silva, these guys just bit down on their mouthpiece and started throwing hands at one another. So I'm very, uh, very interested to see what the, what Goran does, uh, does when he gets in there. Uh, finally getting his, his rightful chance, uh, his rightful crack to become a world champion against Clayton Predador Silva, who's Incredibly tall, I think he's like six foot two, very rangy for the division, long limbs which lend themselves to um, to the the submission game. So I think it's gonna be within the best interest of Goran to, to try and get it, try and get in the inside, turn it into a little bit of a dogfight and try and nullify the submission game of, of Clayton Silva. And then obviously moving on to when we said we were probably looking at at least four European events this year and one of them has now been announced. We're going back to uh, to RXF, to Romania, to where both of us had one of our favorite events of last year. Oh, because God, of, that was of such a hall. fun show, man. This time such it will a fun not show. be in the beer hall, unfortunately. Why uh, not? No, this time it is going to be in Cluj, in uh, the BT Arena, so much bigger stadium, much bigger event. Um, I, have, I have been told that we can go back to uh, Romania again and do an event in the beer hall. I don't think I'm going to get signed off on that one, but I might just go to that <laughs> event on my own as uh, a, bit, a co-promotion a bit, with Jason. 
basically what you're saying is me and you are going for a weekend in Romania. We are going for a long weekend uh, in the co-promotion with RxF and the Brave Insider Podcast in the beer hall. Just two bros in a beer hall, outstanding. But in, 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 all, in all seriousness, I think the fact that we're, that we're moving to uh, Cluj, which is a huge city, moving to um, a huge arena, I think that speaks to just how successful um, our maiden voyage in Romania was um, and just how much people want us back there and how much people want to see more MMA action from Brave Combat Federation in collaboration with uh, RXF. And uh, I'm going to give you two fights again on this one. So one is uh, one of the guys who was nominated for an award in Steven Gonzales going up against Nikolai Grozdev, who fought in Romania on the last card. Oh, the, the plant-based powerhouse going against Grozdev, the SPG product. Ooh-hoo. So that should that's be a, a, very... a pretty good fight as well. That's also got a little bit of a feel of uh, veteran versus prospect. Correct. Um, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable test. For Nikolai Grozny, big test uh, for Nikolai, and and also a comeback test for Stephen. He's come on a you know mm-hmm. two two fights kid. He was you know I think he was winning one of those mm-hmm. fights and, and got knocked out. And you know it's time for him yeah. to prove you know that he belongs here, and it, it's a good test for him as a comeback as well. Mm-hmm. Massive uh, massive step up in, in competition for for Nikolai. So that that's a, that's a real entertaining fight, man. That'll be huge. And again, you know, Stephen just loves to fight as well. So it'll be a, it'll be an entertaining fight. Either way it ends, it will definitely be an entertaining one. Awesome, man. Agree 100%. Anything and else going down in Romania? When we spoke about breakout fighter of the year, we had an honorable mention and a winner. So it would be pretty cool to have the two of them fight each other, which is exactly what is happening in Romania. John <laughs> Bruin versus Sam Patterson. Brave Combat Federation giving you the fights you want to see. This, this is two real, young, hungry guys. Um, I genuinely believe that, that, that the winner of this fight will contest for the, 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 world, the, the lightweight world title but before the end of the year. Maybe not immediately after this fight, but I do genuinely believe that by the end of the year, one of these gentlemen will have contested for the, the lightweight title. Uh, Sam Patterson, every time we see him, continues to grow exponentially as a fighter looks better every single time and that is the real mark of um, a quality fighter adds a new wrinkle in there each time or shows a, a different aspect of, of his game so sam patterson really is a joy uh, to watch and a real joy to call his fights and the same can be said of john Bruin. you know that that guy's just a, a phenom um a real real piece of quality um and that fight has a fight of the night written all over it for me and also, you know, both of them nominated for Breakout Fighter of the Year, so it's fitting for them to announce their entry into 2020 as no longer a Breakout Fighter, but that they have arrived in that division by fighting each other. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, 2020 really has the, the potential to be to be huge um, for both of these men, and whoever wins that fight, um, I'm sure we'll, 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 we'll carry that on. And I'd like to see both these men as active as possible. Um, because I think that they have the, 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 ab- the ability to be the real breakout stars um, to be the, the real standard bearers in 2020 for Brave Combat Federation. And then another one of the European fights which is uh, announced is one that I was working very hard on for some time is we are going mm. to Sweden to work yes. with AK Fighting Championship and we will be putting on a title fight and I do not have to tell you what that title fight is. Hmm, a title fight in Sweden. Hmm. Go ahead, enlighten me, buddy. Hamzat and Jarrah. Ah, uh, that's that's fucking fire. I don't even apologize <laughs> for my language. 
that fight is straight up fucking fire. If that, if that fight does not just light your shorts on fire, you should not be watching MMA. You should not be involved in MMA. You should just, I don't know, go watch golf or bowls or something. Yeah, we, 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 we talk about, obviously, as soon as, as, soon as as soon as you hear that fight, your mind automatically jumps to, to how devastating a fighter and how dangerous a fighter Hamza is. But you cannot sleep on the quality and intelligence uh, of Jarrah. The way he modified his game um, against Abdul Abdurragimov in the second fight, the way he employed beautiful takedown defense um, were, was, was masterful in that second fight. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say he will not need to employ a lot of takedown defense against Hamzat. This, this is a guy with, with one-punch knockout power, as we've seen, has just been on an absolute tear through the welterweight division in Brave. And he's only right. been out of the first, first round once. And has, has, has been a pro just, just for over a year. Just Scary. for over a year. Uh, training there at, at All-Star um, under Reza Madari with the likes of Gustafsson, with the likes of Latifi. Just real quality. And, and, not, and not just training with them. He is an active sparring partner of them as well. So, I mean, he, yeah. he is throwing leather with them on a weekly basis. Yeah, if you see uh, if you see on social media, um, if you if you follow Hamzat uh, Shimaev on social media, which I would advise you all to do, you see who he's getting the work in with. You see the quality rounds he's putting in. That's that's championship quality right there. So I've I've got a few things I'm gonna, I'm going to put out there, and, and I want your opinion on it. So one is Jarrah is always the underdog. I don't think there's been a fight where he hasn't been the underdog in a title fight or in most of his fights, but he still finds ways to win. That, that's strange, though. It's strange that being such a quality champion and somebody who consistently wins on the world stage, that I think it's... Be, do you know what I think it is? I don't think it's by virtue of his performances. I think it's more his personality. I think it's because he's not um, an in-your-face, shit-talking kind of champion. I think it's because he's so hum- humble. Uh, and in an era where smack talk gets you noticed, he doesn't really subscribe to to that way of promoting a fight. So I think that's, that, that's more to do with the, the MMA fans' interpretation of what uh, a dangerous fighter is. But for anybody who's seen Giraffe fight, you know, he's, he's quality. He's a very dangerous fighter. Um, and I, th- I think this fight's going to be an absolute war. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a one-and-done kind of a fight. I think you're, you're talking about, you know, this fight could go into deep water. Uh, it's a huge test for both men. And that's the second point I want to bring up. Hamzat, which we brought up when we spoke about fighter of the year, he is who he is. He comes with the pedigree, he comes with the knockouts, the not coming out of the first round. But it's his first time he'll be fighting a title fight, and it will be in Sweden. So how does a, that change things for him? It'll be a real test uh, a real test of his mettle. Um, I don't think his approach to the fight's going to change. I think he's going to go in there and, and just be the, the Hamzat that we know, confident, dangerous, snarling, like, like a pit bull that's been let off a chain. Um, I think it, it, it would be within the best interest of the champion, Gerard, to try and drag him into, to wear on him early, to try and drag him into to that deep water that he, that he hasn't necessarily been to before. Because to, you, know, you can do as many rounds as you want in the gym. Your cardio can be top of the tree in, in the gym. But then when you can't ever replicate that that feeling of being in the cage, especially at the championship level. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how Hamzat deals 
with the pressure um, of going into those championship rounds uh, should it happen. And then I think also for him is, you know, unless they have fights somewhere else, you know that all of the all-star guys are going to be in the arena. They're going to be, you know, probably trying to w- walking out with him when he comes out to fight. Having all of those people like Gustafsson, Latifi, the all-stars guys, or family, friends, all of these people in the arena standing over and watching, adding all of that pressure onto the fact that it's his first title fight at home, do you think that's going to hurt or, or hurt to help him? You know, obviously the, the kind of adrenaline is, is going to be pushing him. I don't know if he's going to come out hard in the beginning and try and just finish it up front like he has every other fight. Where do you honestly, think this is going to this is going to take him from that from that perspective? Honestly, from the fights and the the quality that we've seen from Hamzat, I think he's going to genuinely absorb all, all, all of that pressure. You know, I think he's going to absorb it all and, and turn it into a positive. You know, diamonds diamonds are created under pressure, uh, and and this guy's a diamond. I think that you know we've we've seen it before where he's gone in short notice uh, and destroyed somebody. He's gone in with full camps and destroyed people. He's gone on against uh, opponents with more experience uh, and destroyed them. He's gone on against dangerous strikers and submitted them. So I think this is a almost a, a picture perfect storm, perfect storm for both of these men. And for me, two two outcomes are going to come out of this this fight, and that is, one is Gerard wins this thing. If anyone ever calls him an underdog again, they are just insane. Because if if he beats the you know he beat Abdul in the rematch, if he beats Hamzat now in Sweden in front of his like no one can ever call him an underdog or doubt his ability in any way, shape, or form. And Hamzat he wins this without a shadow of a doubt. He then becomes, in my opinion, the future of welterweights anyway. Because he, you know, the, the guys he's beaten and the fact that he is only just over a year into his pro career, this guy has is on the trajectory to become the most dangerous welterweight. Full stop. I think anywhere. And, and again, and again, we haven't. I don't think we've we've even scratched the surface of of Hamzat's potential. Correct, and that's I think what I'm still saying. So that's, much, that's I think there's still part. so much more to come from this young man where is he going to be in five years from now as a welterweight? I think that he literally is on track to become the most dangerous welterweight in the world if he be, if he gets to this level this early. Has the potential. As we've said it before, and he's openly said that he has aspirations of winning belts in three different divisions. The super lightweight division, the welterweight division, and the middleweight, middleweight division. division. And he's, he's genuinely capable. He's genuinely capable. Yeah, for me, there's there's a hundred storylines in this fight, and I think the the closer it gets to the fight actually happening, the more excited I'm getting. And it just, you know, if if you look at this fight, John Brewer and Sam Patterson, and you look at the title fight on on Brazil, for me, that is three incredible fights to build up to as as the year kicks off. For, for what for what a way what a way to kick the year off, and I think you know the the most. Interesting. The most fun aspect of that is for me as a fan, we're only really getting started, man. Yes. So much, so much, so much more to come in 2020. You know, 2020, the the year of perfect vision, uh, and that's exactly what we have with Brew Combat Federation: a perfect vision for the rest of the year. And then, obviously, we will be doing. Uh... Hold, hold on, hold on a second. Yeah. That was smooth as fuck, by the way, Jeff. <laughs> Let's. Can we can we just can we just say that was off the top of my head and that was proper smooth. Yeah, there's no there's no award for a smooth smooth podcast uh, host. So. 
unfortunately. For smoothest segue. I just I just think that deserved a wee bit of credit. <laughs> a wee bit. Just a wee bit. <laughs> just a wee bit of credit. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Fire away. So we will be going back, obviously, to uh, to the Middle East. Bahrain, again, um, is obviously mm-hmm. our home event. So that will be happening again this year. Uh, Abu Dhabi and Saudi are on the card. So uh, mm-hmm. th- those will be, be coming up. There are also two events that we've been to before. Um Mm-hmm. India is is one that we've been to for the past two years. Um, yeah, always always fun time in India. Always fun time. We haven't been to one of the regions that's pretty close to India, and uh, there's there's talk that we'll probably be going back this year, which uh, which is quite exciting. I'm not going to say the name. I'm pretty sure you can all figure out where that is. <laughs> uh, and then two African events. So uh, we've been to two African countries so far in Morocco and South Africa. Um, and the plan is to go back to, to two African countries this year. The announcements of those will, will be coming out uh, again in the next couple of weeks. I'm just, um, I'm, just, I'm just going to put it out there. And as I say, like, I have no control over the shows. I have no say in the shows. I don't, I'm not involved in the signing of shows. But for me, as an Irishman, that it would be a travesty if there wasn't uh, a show in Ireland because MMA is so huge here. We're called the fight in Irish for a reason. Um, and as, as a commentator, it would fulfill a dream of mine to call a brave show in my home country. So to the powers that be, I hope you are listening. That's a, a little bit of a request from uh, your old pal, Phil. So I'm not saying it isn't happening. I'm not saying it is happening. That, that, that's, mm. where, that's where I'll leave that one. That's um, fair, man. That's fair. And I can say that this year, you know, we've done 12 events, luckily, 2019 and 2018. We are potentially looking at maybe doing a little bit more than 12. So uh, we will see where we land up. But uh, that's that's the info that we've got so far that we can actually put out there. But as I say, keep keep watching the Brave page, the Brave Insider podcast page over the next couple of weeks. The events will start coming out thick and fast. The full card announcements for... Sweden, Romania, and Brazil will be coming out probably over this weekend and, and, and the next couple of days as we go through. And I can tell you that the Brazil card is going to be absolutely insane. The Romania card with RXF and the venue that we're going to have it in, go and do yourself a favor and have a look at Cluj in the BT Arena. It's, it's just insane. And so, Sweden, uh, like, I'm just going to put it out there. Like, if not... if if we do nothing in that entire event other than just watch a title fight, I'm happy to come to Sweden and come home with a smile. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, listen, Brave Nation, keep up to date with all the goings-on, all the latest news, all the breaking news from Brave Combat Federation on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, Jay, you might even drop uh, a couple of... Uh, bits of knowledge where can people find you on uh, social media so they can find me on JD von Skulkbeck at JD von Skulkbeck on Instagram Facebook just Jason von Skulkbeck and yourself Phil uh, you'll find me Phil Campbell on Facebook and on Instagram you'll find me at PC underscore commentary and again we will be uh, getting back on the podcast next week I think we'll be doing a proper deep dive into the Brazil card because it'll all be announced awesome. by, by next week. So uh, I'll get you back on the line and we can do a proper deep dive into the card, go through some fights, some implications on who wins, what that means for them in the future. And we'll take it from there. But have a good weekend. And uh, uh, yeah, don't have too much corona. <laughs> Always a pleasure, brother. Peace, love, and Batman. Have a good one. And I just want to be brave. And I just wanna be 
talk to me wrong, you might catch a right hook. And I just, I just, I just, I just, I just wanna be brave. I just, I just, I just, I just, I just wanna be brave. And I just, I just, I just, I just, I just wanna talk to me wrong. This right hook is for the book.